millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. The sun has got its hat on. Hip, 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 hooray. The sun has got its hat on and it's UK Tech Weekly Podcast Day. Hello, listener, <laughs> and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, your favourite weekly tech podcast coming at you every Friday, like taking off a pair of too tight tech shoes. This is the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, a weekly infotainment bomb from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK, and Computer World UK. Every Friday, we pull into an audio service station, drinking overpriced audio coffee and overheated audio toasties in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. And if you'd like to be associated with this Harlequin aid, you can sponsor us. Get in touch at editor at idg.co.uk or via the at UK Tech Podcast Twitter feed. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the thinking woman's crumpet, Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Oi, oi. The unthinking woman's strumpet, Lewis Painter, Staff Writer of Macworld UK. Hello. And the unkempt gorilla's trumpet, <laughs> woo, uh, David Price, Acting Editor of Macworld UK. All right. Yeah, this was... a. Uh, Quite a short turnaround in terms of the script writing process, so <laughs> don't really know where we went there. Uh, this week we are talking HTC, Bitcoin and streaming TV. Strap yourself in, you're in for a wild ride. Baby, you can vive my car. <laughs> yes, you're gonna be a star. Baby, you can vive my car. I don't really know where it goes after that. Baby, I love you. Yeah. Ba- exactly. Baby, I love you. Beep, beep. Yeah, no, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Lewis Painter, the vibe is alive, and you have taken it for a drive. What's the jive? Wow, first yeah. of all, that is pretty impressive. Uh, is it definitely vibe and not vive? I hope not, because it ruins my entire introduction. I asked someone from HTC and they did say it was vive. I've heard, I've heard vive uh, far more than I've yeah. heard anything else. Like so, vive la France, that's what it, you know. It's anyway, not French. Sorry. Well, if there's a little accent, okay. on the vibe then maybe. <laughs> so uh, on the balance of probabilities it's the HTC Vive uh, which is the HR uh, the HR VR <laughs> <laughs> HR headset Freudian slip there's the VR headset uh, which Lewis you've been trying out this week we finally have it we finally got it into the office and everybody's a little bit excited I kind of spent most of the first day you know showing everybody what it does and what it can do and everyone was just amazed being able to paint in 3D that was the main thing and, well, and by everybody we mean like, like the civilians whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Sales people, people walking past marketers. you know everybody those, weird, those HR people you know they all seem to be really excited by this uh, this VR headset which is interesting 
interesting because we don't often get this from the, the products that we test. No. So there clearly is real interest in VR, which is something we've discussed in the past. And what's your experience of using it been like? It's been interesting, uh, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, the setup was a little bit stressful and it's kind of something that a lot of people will overlook when they think about buying the Vive. It just, you know, you don't really think about the setup because it, it has two base stations that need to be able to see the headset and the controls at all times. So they, they need to be like on the wall or? Yeah, they come with kind of grips to attach to the wall and you screw it in there, but it's a bit messy, especially, yeah. if, you know, for people that are reviewing it like us. Um, and, you know, even for those that get it at home, you don't really want to screw it into the more wall. More for a consumer, yeah. Do you, do you understand when you're buying this piece of tech that you're going to have to fix something to your wall that presumably, you know, with the best will in the world, you're going to get rid of in three or four years, yeah. kind of thing. I mean, and it also kind of ties you down to one room in your house. So, so you yeah. know, you, if you, you're going to use it most of the time in, say, your bedroom, um, but you've got kind of limited right. space. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but say, you know, if you, you have the, uh, you have no way to take it downstairs to the front room sure if you wanted to you know have a bigger space to play it not everybody I, like us has a video studio so they can they've got no, all sorts exactly, of yeah. means of attaching it to, the to some extent you need like an empty room don't you yeah essentially and not many people have a completely empty room in their house <laughs> you know we all fill the space that we have yeah so you, will, you you will be pushing tables and sofas and things to the to the sides if they're not already there yeah. to try and create enough room uh, i don't know what the minimum is but but also, did, wasn't there a problem with like reflective surfaces? Because again, we're in the video studio, yes. so we've got lots of windows, and windows. out over London City, uh, but they reflect quite a lot. Yeah, it's an absolute happened. nightmare, really, because uh, I think this is the one issue that I found with the HTC Vive setup, is that you place the base stations and you track your area, which is all very cool. Um, but it's not until later on in the setup that you actually put the headset on and then you get to use it. So by that point, everything's set up and it's all you think it's all good. You put the headset on and then you lose tracking. And you have no idea why. And obviously, because mm. it's it's early days, no one's really addressed this online. So you're kind of just sat there twiddling your thumbs, reading through, uh, you know, Steam uh, 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 Vive's official troubleshooting uh, page for uh, the issue. So that's the that's the, the setup pain. Yeah. So you know, we're not saying it's, not, it's certainly not broken, but it was more involved than you might expect from a consumer product. And, and the PC itself has to be of a certain power, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, maybe overlooked as well. Yeah, kind of Steam uh, offers a test that you can download and run on your computer, and it'll tell you whether um, your computer can handle it graphically. But it doesn't test the USB ports. Right. Um, oh, right. So yeah. there needs to be a certain speed? or um, this, See, this is, this is where the confusion lays, uh, lies, really, because essentially, uh, from what I've found kind of reading online on Reddit and stuff like that, there's, massive, there's a massive thread on Reddit where everybody's kind of troubleshooting and trying to work out the issues with the Vive at the moment. And they're kind of saying the general consensus is to avoid USB 3 ports and use USB 2.0. Wow. Yeah, which is, yeah, fascinating. Um, but then the issue that we had when we first set it up was that we'd lose tracking and we thought it was to do with the reflective surfaces, but it wasn't. It was actually to do with the USB port that we were using in the computer. But due to SteamVR not testing that, for whatever reason, we had no idea. So, you know, if we didn't have spare computers laying around, <laughs> like most people, you know, no one else at home is going to have a spare gaming PC laying around to test it with, they'd be screwed. It sounds a bit like a sort of it's like a still an early access product, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it feels like it's in beta. I mean, it's launched, so to yeah. speak, but you know, uh, I'm pretty sure the Steam VR itself is still in in beta mode. Yeah, so and it, still it's it's a staggered launch as well, isn't it? In the yeah. sense that that pre-ordered people who pre-ordered are getting products around about now, but yeah. it's not like you can go down the shops and buy an HTC Vive straight off the shelf. Uh, you can go into Curry, some oh, Curry's okay. PC world and try <laughs> it and pre-order it, but the ones you pre-order in Curry's won't come until the end of June. Yeah. Um, 
So it's almost like that. That's I mean that's staggering to do with supply, but it yeah. almost it does help a bit as well because it allows some of these problems to be troubleshooted, to be ironed out a little yeah. bit beforehand. It was there was bound to be teething problems, yeah. wasn't oh, yeah. there? Really, it's such a new category. It's so complicated. You know, even you know this is the first time we've had anything like this in the lab. Yeah. It's so, just, yeah, so it's always going to take, you know, uh, obviously you can test it as much as you can, you know, internally, but it's only when you release it into the wild mm-hmm. and people get it in their hands that you can't really encounter these issues. And then it's then that you need to work out how to fix them. What about content? So that, that's that's kind of the negative stuff, I guess. Yeah. Not entirely negative, but things that we've learned. I mean, but what's it like to use? Uh, I think it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't really, you know, I can't really badmouth it. I think... You know, as soon as that headset goes on and you have them controllers in your hand, mm. you completely forget where you are. You know, it's, there's been so many times, there's been in, in this studio uh, where we've been using kind of at lunch and stuff like that, there's been at least four or five people in the room. You put that headset on, headphones on, controllers in hand, and you're, you're wherever the game mm. is. You know, you, you completely forget about the world around you. And it's, it's, it's interesting just to, you know, when you come back to the real world, it's a bit of a shock. Everything just seems a little bit more boring. <laughs> <laughs> You've been using it quite a lot, Chris. Yeah, I've been. I, I was sad that it, I wasn't here when it came in, but yeah, the last few days I've been uh, coming in and using it wherever possible, and it's just absolutely brilliant. Um, you feel a little bit weird at first, like the very first time, you feel a bit self-conscious, yeah. especially if there's other people in the room. But like Lewis said, as soon as like the game starts or whatever it is you're doing, actually, like literally a few seconds, and you're completely somewhere else. Yeah, and the fact that you can just look. Like completely 360 degrees and walk any direction. You can walk around within the space. Um, like a, a grid system comes up, like to to show you you're about to walk into a wall, just uh, yeah. you know for safety and stuff. Yes, yeah, little things about the HTC that are interesting. It's got a little camera on the front as well, which um, you can activate in the settings menu, so that when you come close to your boundary, the camera will activate as an overlay over your game, so you'll be able to see the real world if there's anything in front of you or near you that you might hit. Uh, it will automatically come up and let you know that you're near something and wow. avoid it. It's a really handy thing to have. Because okay. um, when I first went hands-on with the HTC Vive uh, last year, the cable wrapped around my leg and I ended up tripping over the cable and damaging <laughs> the box. And it was just a massive nightmare, really. And that could have all been avoided that. if they had a camera on the front at that yeah. point, but it didn't. Brilliant. Um, there's a couple of games we've been playing, like the Space Pirate Trainer. Space Pirate. So you've got like the, the controllers are guns, but you can... You can you can change one to a shield by like reaching for your back, um, and the other one's kind of a bit like Guitar Hero, except like paintballs are flying at you. You have to hit them with your the shields of the right colours. Sound like Guitar Hero. Well, it, as in they come, they blobs come at you in time with the music. Oh, I see. So, yeah. And instead of playing a guitar, you just hit them with the shields. So they're, they're both they're both really fun, <laughs> but they're not like full on games. They're more like mini games, aren't they? Yeah. So. So are there any full games or is that something that's still in the pipeline? I think at the moment people are trying to find their feet in terms of what people want with VR. There's a lot of really cool experiences. You know, it's games and experiences. Experiences are something I think people are overlooking but are going to be massively important to VR because mm. uh, uh, the Blue is a, a great example. It's my favourite experience that I've used on the HTC Vive. Um, and it basically transports you to the bottom of the ocean and um, you don't really do a lot. You kind of just look around taking the environment but the graphics... Uh, in the in the experience are absolutely amazing. You know, nothing close to what I've seen before in any right. of the actual games available for the HD Vive. So in terms of graphics, the experiences are the ones I'm quite excited for. And you liked the uh, the space one as well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, the um, there's a space uh, universe sandbox is what it's called, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of create your own universe. You know, it gives you planets that you can spawn, hot entire solar systems. 
and then you can just play around you know you, you can Being be god. god yeah you yeah. can smash planets into each other and see how that's going to affect the gravity and the you know everything create massive black holes and it's just kind of really cool. monster yeah it's amazing um but the, the the fun thing is i think is the scale of it because when you first put the headset on you can kind of see it, it's all in front of you but it's quite small mm. but then you can kind of do a really kind of iron man-esque thing where you reach out with the controllers and grab it and pull it and the whole thing kind of just expands in front of you. So it's kind of the same size as you. You see a massive burning sun in front of you. You can kind of walk around because obviously it attracts your movement in the room. It's really, really, you know, in, in, on the education side of things, it's a really fun mm. thing. And it's really exciting. I've never seen Lewis this passionate. I know. He's, he's, uh, he's, yeah, I'm, I, I now <laughs> am very keen to uh, to try the device. Uh, the only thing I, I, I noticed was that I, I wasn't fully aware that it's wired until <laughs> until you guys were using it yeah you can't it's quite a heavy duty wire actually it's mm. kind of it's, it's noticeable um and i think that is the one issue with the htc vive but i mean it's an issue that i i'm pretty i mean the, the oculus rift has a wire yeah i'm pretty sure the playstation vr is going to have a wire as well yeah. i don't think we're just at the point where you know to make a wireless headset that's lightweight uh you know responsive and everything else it's just it's, it'll either be too expensive or impossible to do sure uh maybe you know a couple of years essentially you'll, you'll be fine and we'll be good in that kind of way but I have seen kind of workarounds for it with the HTC Vive, which is quite interesting, where people have used mic stands kind of on a hinge, on a swivel. So they run the cable up the mic stand and that will stay above them. So it will keep the wire away from them. Okay. And then because it's on a swivel, as they move, the crane will move around and follow them. So you've got no <laughs> wire issues. It's pretty cool. cool. It's a bit of an effort, you know, it's a bit of effort to work, work yeah. around, but the options are there. We're talking first gen products. So, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of data going backwards and forwards. So yeah. uh, I imagine possibly the next generation will be wireless potentially using 11 ad which is super fast yeah. this next generation of wi-fi his fingers crossed because <laughs> that's Hopefully. the that's the only real thing really because you're always conscious you know you're in A this virtual bit. world but you always know or you can feel it running down your back yeah. the cable or kind of wrapping around your leg and you're like oh let me it's, it's kind of the only thing reminding you you're in a room yeah kind of but your only, last tether to I, I only noticed it at times um but yeah, these mini games are kind of fun for a bit, but they're they're not going to last. They lack in depth. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I don't think anyone's had time to make a full VR game. No. So it'd be potentially next year's for long games that support VR if you have VR. Yeah, but, presumably the development time for a VR game would be greater because you have yeah. to you have to create a three hundred and sixty degree should, yeah. visual it, for every mm-hmm. every uh, environment. I'm not I'm not really sure what additional. Uh, work there is but it's got to be more you'd think I mean I, I went eyes on should I say with the assembly uh, which is a proper kind of um, well it's filled the Oculus Rift I'm not too sure if it's coming to the Vive um, but this was over a year ago and you know that's that game's not out for the foreseeable future so it does take quite a while to kind of develop uh, VR games but I assume you know it's a similar process for normal games you know blockbuster games they're incredibly detailed anyway yeah. and uh, you know I think people are hoping that games that are available at the moment will get VR support in the future. Kind of games like um, Ark Survival Evolved on PC is an amazing kind of open world game where you've got dinosaurs running around and it's it's first person anyway. So, you know, the upgrade to VR isn't that far. It's not a massive jump and it's, it seems something that would be fairly easy for the developers. So, I mean, yeah, I think 2016 is going to be the deciding year for the content for the uh, VR headsets. You know, it's, it's, it's really new now, but by the time October gets here, when the uh, PlayStation VR headset comes out, I think there'll be more content around it. If not, you know, PlayStation's really pushing the VR content for that platform. Uh, they, they, they reckon they've got over 50 VR titles coming out between October and December alone, wow. um, with more coming next year. So it's quite exciting. The interesting thing about VR games for me is that 
you get to choose how you experience them because you, you move, you know, by their definition, they allow you to move your head around and, and adjust the camera. Yeah. Whereas games in general recently have been moving in a direction of very much sort of cinematic, we're going to control the camera, we're going to control what you see, and you yeah. get a lot of first-person shooters where um, you're actually, you lose control of the camera and, mm-hmm. you're, and you'll start... Or, uh, obligatorily looking at a falling skyscraper yeah. or whatever. Here's here's the spectacle we've created for you. We want you to look there. But VR is by its definition uh, free form, I mean, you, you know, you could be looking in the wrong direction at that point. This I, is, this I like that worry, idea. Yeah. But I mean, what if what if you know you're playing one of these you know really interesting film based VR games and you miss the important moment because you're <laughs> looking in the exact opposite direction? <laughs> you turn around like what happened? But that's where the craft is. Yeah. You, you get you used to get in. Um, first-person shooter games that wanted you to see something, they would have to be clever, mm-hmm. just as filmmakers do. And you get things like um, a flock of birds that, that fly up as you walk in, oh, yeah. and then they sort of drift across in one particular direction. And then as you as you follow them, you see the enormous monster coming out of the clouds or whatever. But if you didn't want to follow the, the birds, you wouldn't have seen that. And that was allowed. I like that. I like that sort of freedom. Um, and that excites me about VR. Okay, let's go around the room. Johnny Vive is alive or Viving Miss Daisy? Chris Martin. <laughs> Johnny Vive is alive. David Price. Johnny Vive is alive. Lewis Painter. Of course, Johnny Vive is alive. Johnny Vive <laughs> is alive. Okay, we'll be back in just two seconds. I'm Brian. I'm Brian. I'm Brian. I'm Brian, and so is my wife, David Price. Who is Brian Bitcoin? <laughs> I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone here, Matt, so you're going to have to uh, uh, be indulgent here. Um, But Bitcoin's inventor may have been discovered. Uh, Certainly somebody is claiming that he invented Bitcoin, but a lot of people don't believe him. Craig Wright is the chap, isn't he? Craig Wright. Um, Bitcoin was invented by a person called Satoshi Nakamoto. Doesn't sound like Craig Wright. (laughs) I hope (laughs) I've said that right. Well, this is the thing, because there have been theories since 2008 about who... Satoshi Nakamoto might be, because it's obviously uh, a pseudonym for one person or several people. And at one stage, this person claimed to be a 37-year-old Japanese man, and that was quickly poo-pooed. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Well, because of phrases like poo-pooing, because because Nakamoto's code contains lots of, uh, what's the word, idiomatic English, that suggested it was somebody who was either British or from the Commonwealth. Um, But more recently... This man, Craig Wright, who is Australian, so that fits in with the Commonwealth idea, has claimed that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. Right. Why has he claimed that now? Do we know? It's it's all rather mysterious. Right. Because um, it, it does obviously raise the question, um, if this is a person who is seeking publicity for their work, seeking recognition, mm. then surely they would have used their own yeah. name at the beginning. Yeah. Although, obviously, if you come from a cryptographic background, you do have a tendency towards um, anonymity. So, um, basically, we, we we don't know whether Greg Wright is indeed the Bitcoin founder. There is some evidence. So, um, so he, he came out and he, um, he offered proof. And the proof was um, that he moved a Bitcoin from... Uh, we're going to get into quite technical details now, and I'm I'm going to start uh, flailing. But he he moved a bitcoin from, or a set of bitcoins from, an early block that um, people had always presumed belonged or was controlled 
by Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, and so this is, some people have said that's, that's good proof. Some people have said it's not proof. The okay. problem is, is that we're at that level of technical detail where only mm. about six people in the world can actually decide and they don't agree with each other. I suppose really it actually doesn't matter, but it is an interesting opportunity to talk about Bitcoin because Bitcoin used to be in the news all the time, kind of died away a little bit. And Bitcoin mm. for the uninitiated is the cryptocurrency, it's the, it's the global virtual currency. Yeah. Uh, and it's got yeah you're right because it's sort of it's sort of dropped out because it's not taken seriously um, as an actual currency itself because it's very for obvious reasons it's very volatile and it's used because of its potential for anonymity it's used by a lot of shady characters uh, it's associated with crime the to, dark to web great, well exactly yeah uh, people buying stuff they don't want people to know about um, but yeah as you said it's become more interesting recently because rather than the currency itself, but the underlying technology mm. behind it is actually interesting, um, more respectable financial institutions. And a number of uh, of the bigger banks have started trialing uh, the technology blockchain, blockchain, which is which is what is used to track Bitcoin transactions. So first um, of all, is, has anybody here ever used Bitcoin? No. <laughs> Any, uh, what, are our, what are our kind of general thoughts about Bitcoin, um, just knowing about tech? I thought it was kind of interesting at first, and then then you got bored of it <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, so you, you you have to like spend forever just mining like one Bitcoin, don't you? So, so the idea behind <laughs> the currency, the reason why it's more than just uh, a number, is that it requires a certain amount of computational power to yeah. mine a Bitcoin, which automatically creates value in the same way as in the old days putting. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Gold or silver into coins and notes gave them intrinsic value so so the the flow of production is is throttled so well, that creates yeah it creates scarcity doesn't yeah. it yeah. in the same way the gold is rare so so you, your thoughts were an interesting idea but then and then i thought no it's a bit we thought too much what's yeah what's the purpose of it what can we actually do with it that we can't do with yeah when, well, with when i realized mind. it wasn't really possible for me to kind of mine or acquire bitcoins <laughs> we could pay you in bitcoins <laughs> then and and the fact that it could all just kind of implode like, well, well it, in principle how, it shouldn't because of yeah. the mining process but it does mm. like all currencies it requires on everybody to agree that the currency has value yeah that's the fascinating thing about it is the fact that it's a distributed database mm. is that there isn't a central authority yeah. who decides how much a bitcoin is worth or or that you have 300 bitcoins or whatever we all together agree that um, through this system of nodes where you you say I'm giving Lewis 
10 bitcoins, which is £3,000, by the way. That's quite a, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, but you're giving Lewis 10 bitcoins. He's going to spend it all on HR, ga- HR games. I did it again. <laughs> VR games. Um, so then you send a message out to all the other nodes. And if the majority of them accept that transaction, then that is then entered into the ledger on everybody's separate node, which means that, in, in theory, it's safer than any standard um, financial transfer system. Well, and, and the sort of utopian vision was it, that means it's outside of the control of nations and governments. Exactly. Um, so and hackers. Can, yeah, so in much the same way as when um, the internet was first a thing, you know, there was this dream that it would somehow democratise um, communications and media. Initially, that was the the cell, at least, or the story behind Bitcoin. Lewis, what are you going to spend your uh, 10 Bitcoins on? Definitely HTC Vive. <laughs> There's nothing else in the world I want more right now than that. <laughs> so the, the, you know, as you mentioned, David, the really interesting thing about Bitcoin is the tech behind it. So this thing called the blockchain, which, which is, uh, you described it better than I did, but it's it's like the ability for a single transaction to be held in multiple places, essentially, yeah. and uh, lots of uh, financial organisations, governments, in fact, are really interested in using blockchain to um, facilitate. The movement of money, commerce, votes, votes. Okay, well. that's or, I mean anything which requires information to be um, uh, securely and reliably distributed among many parties uh, is is potentially applicable. Okay, um, it's one of those it's one of those technologies which is um, fashionable to talk about at the moment, and I it think is. a lot of organisations are. are getting free publicity by saying yes i think what we'll, we might use blockchain to do our insurance um, claims or whatever yeah. um, but it, it's going to be interesting how it shakes out in the next few years to see where it does work where it does provide more efficient sure. communication so so not so many actual examples of people using the blockchain that we can find uh there are there's well yeah most of the big banks are doing it and um one of the insurers as i said says that it's planning this planning but yeah. um it's a lot of it's up in the air Okay. Did you have something to say there, Chris? No, just it, it sounds interesting in terms of using that method for other things. Mm. Yeah. Like approving things and it's often deciding the way, isn't it? things. Is you get a new technology yeah. and then the things that come with it are actually more useful. Yeah. But well, the actual yeah. currency, I'm not, I'm not fussed about having it. It goes right back to a lot of the great inventions. You know, a lot of medicine came about because people were trying to do one thing and, and they found another thing. Post-it notes? Post-it notes? What? I can't remember what he was trying to invent some glue, and it, and, uh, and the glue he invented was rubbish. I was going to say, if he was so trying he, to invent uh... a medicine and he came up with a post <laughs> that would have been incredible stuff. Okay, cool. Let's go around the room. Uh, a little Bitcoin of heaven or the bite of Bitcoin? Uh, Chris Martin. The what? The what? A little Bitcoin of heaven, positive, <laughs> or the bite of Bitcoin? The, the second one. I don't Ooh, understand okay. the second one. The bite a Bitcoin. The bite a bit. Oh, I see. Coined. I still don't get it. <laughs> Look, didn't have much time to write the script today. <laughs> it's an olden days phrase. David oh. Price, a little Bitcoin of heaven, or the bite a Bitcoin, or a better version. Uh, 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 new kids on the blockchain. Nice. <laughs> I just made much that up. Better. That is good. Off the car. That As you were saying that, I was thinking itsy bitsy. <laughs> itsy bitcoinsy yellow polka dot bikini. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Right. Uh, Lewis Painter. <laughs> New kids on the blockchain, itsy bitsy, bitcoiny, yellow bo- dot, polka dot bikini, a little bitcoin of heaven, or the bite of bitcoin. <laughs> wow, there's such a selection, <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Just say um, A, B, C, or D. 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 <laughs> the bite of bitcoin. Excellent. Okay, we'll take a two second break and then we'll be back. Islands in the stream, that is what we are. No one in between. 
with the wonder bro- well, I don't know what, what's the next bit anyone know <laughs> that okay. is who we are no that's the that first is, line yeah doesn't matter Chris Martin I have a dream a dream about a stream can you make my dreams come true with Sky Q <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so Game of Thrones is back so oh, I thought I'd tenuously, tenuously link this to Sky Q because Sky Atlantic shows Game of Thrones. And Sky has a new home entertainment system, its next generation system called Sky Q, which is all about streaming and fluid viewing. Um, so there's a whole bunch of uh, new hardware and software and it's all pretty awesome, really. So what what's the, uh, what, what's, what's the killer sell here? It's to do with being able to watch content anywhere kind of thing yeah so the headline kind of feature is this fluid viewing which uh kind of aims to describe the way that you will view content uh around different places and on different devices so there's a new skybox which is the sky q and the sky q silver which is the basically the top range model and that's the one that, that you plug into your tv there's also a sky Q Mini, which is a box that you would plug into a separate, uh, a second TV, perhaps in your kitchen or your bedroom, uh, and you can you can basically pause your content, whatever you're watching, head off to the other box and just carry on watching. And there's also the Sky Q app, uh, which you can download to your tablet, and you can do the same thing with that. So you can effectively switch between all these devices constantly without any kind of like you know doing anything yourself you're literally just stopping and starting whenever you feel like it uh and the kind of killer feature on the tablet side of things is that you can download your recordings right off your box wow. onto your tablet take them on the train the plane wherever you go which is kind of yeah uh what everyone's been waiting for in terms of like well um, exactly that because it, it sort of feels like you should be able to do it. you can do it with amazon prime tv uh, amazon prime tv um, instant video, no. instant video, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon video. Prime Video. Yeah, you can do yeah. that when you uh, you can download um, record not recordings. You can download on demand shows. Yeah, watch offline. BBC iPlayer the same. Some yeah. shows, um, but it does seem like it's been a weakness of like the Sky Virgin BT app game that you have to be online to uh, yeah. to stream those things. But really, yeah, all the set up boxes previously have not enabled even kind of plugging in a hard drive and yeah. and taking your recordings off they're all they're all stuck on there basically so sky's finally unleashed uh your recordings to take wherever you want and is that everything or presumably there must be restrictions around like movies and stuff like that uh i'm not sure on the movie okay. side of thing but i assume if you record a movie off oh so yeah you record off, it haven't if, you yeah, if yeah. you record it it's yours yeah. to download um, to the tablet and watch offline. And then would it delete itself after sort of a week or something like on iPlayer? Probably not, because it's in, in effect, you're just um, accessing a recording. You know, if you record... That is the case with some content on Sky, I think, but if you record to your hard drive, to your set-top box, it stays there forever, pretty yeah. much. And it's just the equivalent I don't that, see why it? they would delete it off your tablet no. when it's on your box permanently. Or so. indeed how. And, and what I like as well is this kind of... Um, so it's one of these things we now take for granted, right? I always think we take for granted the fact that your phone can tell what the best connection is uh, and goes to it, so 3G, 4G, or Wi-Fi, right? And we take for granted the fact that your Amazon Kindle, WhisperSync, means that whatever device you're reading on, wherever you were last, it picks up again on your new device. And that's kind of what we're talking about with SkyQ here, is, is what is actually a very intuitive experience, 
but isn't currently available or hasn't been available that you start watching a program on the way home on the train and you keep watching it on the telly when you get home. Yeah. Kind of thing. As somebody that has a very bad in- internet connection at home, this is this is very pleasing to me because that's always been the issue. I don't really like streaming. Um, I would much rather record things and then watch them separately at another time. Uh, and that's always put me off Amazon Instant Video is, is because watching it in my room with a bad internet connection is... Um, is it the internet connection itself or is it kind of the connection to your router around the house? We're getting live <laughs> IT support. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it is the I think it's the Wi-Fi from the okay. router. <clears throat> so because since I bought a excuse me, since I bought a wireless extender, it's improved. Um, nice extender. So incident. <laughs> this is totally unplanned. But so the the new Sky router, the Sky Hub, which comes as part of Sky Q. Mm. Uh, uses the boxes as hi-fi extenders. So the Sky Q Mini will mm. broadcast Wi-Fi from wherever you put it. That's such so a that smart it, idea. So that you connect to the box rather than your router, um, which, so, is, which is quite cool. That is a feature that's coming later this year. Where do I sign? So I speak as someone who recently switched from Sky to Virgin. Don't regret that. <laughs> get great, uh, great broadband and it's half the price. Don't get Sky Atlantic, but I don't care about boobs and dragons, so that's fine. <laughs> Um, but how how does how does this SkyQ now compare to say BT and Virgin, who are their two main competitors? Uh, I'm not sure price wise about Virgin. Um, I mean BT is a little bit different because it's the UView box, yeah. so it's free view, um, and then the the additional channels you get on BT, so BT Sport and uh, the kind of entertainment package that gets you like Comedy Central and stuff like that yeah. is. Is is extra, but it's not a huge amount extra. So you're talking minimal cost for something like BT, yeah, which is kind of like a happy medium. And you can get Sky Sports on BT U View, you can if yeah. you want. Although that is quite pricey. Um, Sky Q is um, it's forty two pounds a month if you're not a Sky customer. Uh, it's around twelve pounds extra if you're a Sky Plus customer. Um, but that's for the Sky Q. That's kind of for the basic package. Yeah, but, sure. but everyone's really going to want the Sky Q Silver, which is the one that has two terabytes of storage, has uh, support for 4K, uh, which Sky will be broadcasting 4K content later this year, um, including movies. Um, and it has a whole bunch of tuners, so you can record four shows and watch a fifth one live, um, which is pretty cool. And that one's kind of £54 a month, I think. Yeah, So that, but that's in addition to... What you're currently playing, playing presumably. Uh, that's the the forty two and fifty four. If you're a new customer, right? That's kind of what it starts as. And then so you'd the, have to buy then, movies and sport on top of that. Presumably. Yeah, I think so. And then if you want the mini, that's extra and stuff. Sure. So it does. You know, it it it's, it's sky. It adds up to a lot of money per month if you want the whole shebang. Yeah. Um. The one of the things they're touting is that the setup cost is their lowest ever, which is ninety nine pounds. I think. So cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you can usually get them to waive that in my experience, but that's uh, that's a whole other thing. Interesting, because uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like this constant game of one-upmanship. Because one of the things they talk about with um, when they're selling Virgin to you is the fact that the Virgin box you can have, I think, three recordings and watch a fourth program. And previously, Sky was you could yeah. record two things and watch a third program. Interesting. Who are these people are who are trying to watch? Uh, three or four programs at the know. same time. I don't know. It, that that is something that's a, a lot less necessary now. There's so many streaming yeah, on demand. On like, demand. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I get that problem a lot because programs are all broadcast at the same time, which is a real throwback. But the fact there is still a peak time, nine o'clock. There'll be 
But the fact well, that they're, they're available, on demand anyway. yeah, they're available on demand. If you if you didn't happen to hit record, they're available yeah. on demand afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's less of a problem. I think the challenge I find with all these things is I've got, like I said, I've got all the Sky channels apart from Atlantic through Virgin. I'm also a Netflix subscriber. I'm also an Amazon subscriber. Wow. And I still recently spent a few quid more to buy a series of Parks and Recreation and I hadn't seen through yeah. Amazon. So actually, it's kind of this whole content race. SkyQ sounds brilliant in terms of the convenience of being able to watch stuff. But it's still, you know, there's still no clear winner in terms of the content package. No, it's, it really depends what you want to watch. Like no, nothing has everything mm, kind of thing. If something had everything, then it would clean up. Yeah. And that's... That is what I think Apple could come in with if it launches its streaming services. People, you knew you'd get think. Apple in somehow, didn't you? I was going to, no matter what happened, um, because they're really good at setting up those deals. That's what they did with iTunes, is that they had everything. Quite early though with iTunes, weren't they? I mean, now they're coming yeah. to a market where there are some big established players. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, Sky's in an inter- interesting position because it's uh, the kind of more traditional, weirdly, the traditional broadcaster in this game. But then you look at Amazon and Netflix, and they're really building up these. Uh, both both uh, uh, original content and other people's content. So yeah, it's it's uh, all of the consumer wins to an extent because it it sort of dampens price. But I do think there is this temptation to kind of be a subscriber or a, a purchaser from more than one place. You probably end up paying for stuff you don't use. I think it's really bad when when these people produce their own content because then that's something that's going to be an exclusive. It locks it out. There's no way that somebody could then come in and offer everything. If you're into your Top Gear, whatever it's called, what's it? They've they named it yet, have they? Car program. Do you know it? Car White program. man car program. <laughs> yeah, you say it's really bad, but then you know. Then we have House of Cards. So it's well, competition. House of Cards, it's, yeah, transparent, brilliant. I think it creates an environment where the content gets better, though. Yeah, because Netflix started doing original content really well. And then Amazon suddenly went, all oh, right, we better make some good yeah. shows. And they then, have to and be then... good. There's no crap there because it yeah. has to be well, it has, sufficiently it has good. To, it has to get results, which yeah. is slightly different. Well, yeah, it, but... it becomes very, very calibrated, very, that's not really the right word, very targeted. But then, you know, what is the point of the programme that BBC puts against Coronation Street or ITV puts against EastEnders? You know, whatever it is, youth hostling with Chris Eubank or, or the equivalent. But they do, they make those programs and they cost quite a lot of money, to, relatively quite a lot of money to make, less, mm. a lot less money than making a primetime TV show. But they exist. I used to be on Working Lunch. What a ridiculous thing that was a program for working people on at lunchtime when working people are all at work. But, you know, that's the sort of thing. I'm not bashing the BBC at all. I'm a real big fan of the BBC. But on demand and the ability to choose does mean that those kind of programs just don't get made because what's the point? Yeah. And if you want to make a niche program, you can put it on the internet on YouTube. It's, it's you know you can. It's never been easier to get stuff to people. Um, it's just it's never been more obvious the things that people don't care about. I don't know. I'm making two separate arguments. <laughs> I think it, ma- it makes me sad that they don't make bad programs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Sky, I think it's quite interesting what they've done to offer Sky to non-Sky customers yeah. with Now TV. Not that that's anything new. But the fact that you can go and get Sky yeah. Movies uh, on, as a monthly fee, you can go and get Atlantic plus a bunch of other channels as a monthly fee. Or you can buy like a day, or, you know. Buy a test match. With, yeah. For sports, you can get a day or up to a month. Yeah. So if you, yeah. it's quite a... That may finally get me to crack yeah. and pay for a bit of cricket. Cause... 
it really annoys me that <laughs> I'd have to spend all that money. How much is, is sports on top of the normal package? Well, I don't know, because if you, like I say, I pay about 50 quid a month to Virgin and Sky Sports is included. I'm guessing that Virgin's subsidising that just to get me as a broadband customer. And you get BT Spot for any. But then I'm I, can't, Virgin. I can't lose Game of Thrones, <laughs> so. Uh, well, you could then buy, yeah, you get, yeah, this is it, this is exactly it, because you'd have to buy Game of Thrones through Now TV, presumably. You'd Atlantic get the package. entertainment package, which includes Atlantic, which is six ninety nine a month. So it's kind of similar to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And you basically get about six or eight channels, including Sky One and Atlantic. It is basically just Game of Thrones. That's the only thing I want from Sky Atlantic. Yeah. So maybe I should just buy the DVD. <laughs> but that's how they do it. It's, it's smart, isn't it? Like, just wait for the box set. Yeah. Netflix, for me, it's for uh, House of Cards, as you say. Amazon Prime's different. It's because I get it thrown in with... Yeah. Um, with Prime, but then because I was watching Parks and Rec and they didn't have Series 6, or I had to buy Series 6, then all of a sudden I spent more money. It is easy to go like a few weeks without watching anything on, yeah, on, on one of the things. And then you think, and then you think oh, awesome. I've just spent a whole month's worth of... But then that's, I do quite like Netflix for that, and um, Prime's slightly different. But I, like, I like Netflix for the fact that you can just cancel yeah. for a month, and then you can pick it up again. There's no kind of punishment. It's not like you need extra tech or anything like that. Whereas Sky, Virgin, BT, they're about locking you into their It's more uh, contract-based, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the whole thing about the installation fee. That's that's part of the... Installation what fee. Was that, what was that <laughs> phrase we were using yesterday? Buyer's confirmation bias or something. Once you've spent the money, then you want yeah. to tell yourself that it was a good decision. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty certain. If any of these people wouldn't waive the installation fee, something's wrong. Because that's, you know... So what do you do? You just you just threaten not to do it unless they arrange. Well, no, I was with all these people. If you're in a contract with one of these companies, you should always ring them up once a year and say you're thinking about leaving and be, and think about leaving because you know it's it doesn't cost them any more. Yeah, it's like They're what we said about it's like what we said about moving banks. That you just, it takes effort. Yeah, and it's easier not to. Yeah. So, but they, it's worth having yeah. the phone call because the worst yeah. thing that's going to happen is you end up paying the same. Yeah. But the likelihood is they'll knock a bit of money off for you just to keep you. Pro tip. Okay, uh, good. Let's go around the room. Uh, Sky, cue who? Oh, Sky, that's my cue to leave. Chris Martin. <laughs> Sky, cue who? David Price. Uh, yeah, Sky, cue who? Louis Painter. Sky, that's my cue to leave. Ooh, Ooh, spend all your money on other things, like VR <laughs> headset. Well, come back to me and talk to me when you've got Sky VR, right? Oh, that'll be good. Game of Thrones where you can walk around. Get up close and personal with those boobs. <laughs> Look inside the dragon's mouth. Makes me so angry. <laughs> well, on that angry bombshell, thank you for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash, or indeed if you're interested in advertising. You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. So find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all of the other places from which you source podcasts. Subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.